Hey everyone, this is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. August now. How's everybody doing? Um, you guys all right? I'm trying to appreciate the weather because I know we're going to hit rain or it's going to get cold later this year, but it's like, can't we just have a beautiful 75 degrees? Why do we have to go to rain, which it did rain, I think last week, and then all of a sudden it jumps up in the high 80s. For me, I'd like a cool 75, you know? Other than the fact of me complaining about the hot weather, which I think that makes me a true Oregonian, work for me has been pretty good. I mean, I'm as safe as I possibly can be, and my clients are as safe as possibly they can be. I stagger my clients, not doing as many in a day. And, you know, we meet up at the front door, I walk them in, I have them wash their hands, and when they come into my studio, within 77 they don't touch anything it's been good it's been a little you know kind of scary because I'm not really sure how it's gonna go during the fall but it has been nice to see most of my clients and it's been really great to have these conversations but overall it's been really nice to see my clients do their hair and just see how they're doing once working after the shutdown and talking with my clients, I realized how fortunate I am that I have this career. Unlike others, others who work behind a desk now at home, or those who are checking out guests at a grocery store and hurriedly ringing people up, or being a waitress or bartender who have to take orders from various strangers, strangers not wearing masks, which I get it, you know, I've gone out to eat and we wear a mask before we sit down, but I'm lucky that I have a career where I'm in a more controlled environment. I know I still can get infected. Like I said, we really try to stay completely sanitary, but I am lucky in this career that I can take my time. I can choose how many people I see in a day and I still get to do what I love and have great conversations. When I first started this podcast, my initial reasoning was that I wanted to be a salon owner. I wanted to interview other stylists, salon owners, and entrepreneurs who have made an impact in Portland. Well, now with COVID-19 and doing more research and with the current events of going on right now, like Black Lives Matter, as well as the election coming up, I'm really not sure if that's the direction I want to go, at least for right now. With COVID-19, I'm not sure how it's going to be in a year or so or two years. And I don't really know if I want to run a big salon with multiple stylists or maybe have something small. And because of Black Lives Matter and this movement happening again and this being more profound in my life, as well as my friends and talking with family, I realized, like most of the nation, that I have been living in a bubble. I've done eight episodes so far, and I've interviewed four people. I've also interviewed other people that I haven't aired yet, and all of my guests were going to be white. 
um, my family's white, my husband's family's white, pretty much all of our friends are white. And because I've been living in this bubble and my comfort zone, like I said, most of my guests were going to be white. As of July 1st of 2019, a Portland census lists that there are over 650,000 people here in the Portland area, and of that, 77% are white and only 5.8% are black. This is the first hair podcast created in Portland, and for me, I would be doing myself, my community, and even my family and my children an absolute disservice if I only recognize just a portion of the talented hairstylists within our Portland community. Because I'm afraid of talking about race, racism, even about hair with another individual and that individual being of color. So where was I gonna start? Well, first I fretted back and forth on how to approach this subject on air and how I was first gonna approach an individual. I reached out to my sponsor of the show, Mandana Salehi Stewart, creator of Ziba Hub. Ziba Hub is a beauty app for professionals, and she has taken a strong stance with Black Lives Matter. I was like, Mandana, I, I realized starting this podcast right before George Floyd, all my guests were pretty much going to be white, and. I want to have people of color on the show. I want to talk about different hair textures, styles, and I don't know how to approach this and I don't know how to approach another person. She understood where I was coming from and she gave me a few contacts. What perked my interest of this guest is she has created a hair directory of not black owned hair salons here in the Portland area and outside, but hair salons that are black hair friendly. Jessica Vanderpool has been in the Portland area for over seven years. First coming from a small town called Tallahassee, Florida, she moved to Portland to seek out a tech job after completing her master's in mechanical engineering. Although her hometown was much smaller than Portland, it was by far more diverse in culture and ethnicity. Tallahassee has only 194,000 people, and of that, 56% are white and 34% are black. So yeah, when she first moved up here, one of the questions I asked her is, did she have a culture shock? And she said yes. Here's the interview with Jessica Vanterpool, creator of PDX Black Unicorn, a directory for black hair friendly salons. Interview done on Sunday, August 2nd, 2020. Okay. Hey, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Um, so how are you How are you holding up with COVID? COVID is uh, crazy. I feel like I'm feeling better since the beginning. You know, the beginning mm-hmm. was a bit of an adjustment. It took maybe two months to kind of like admit it to myself that this is going to be this way for a while. Yeah. And like, what are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it got significantly better when I started kind of seeing people, but safely seeing yeah. people because it yeah. took maybe three months to like, just finally meet up with people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely developed better habits of keeping in touch 
Good. Um, That's good. And then a lot of self-care. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of managing the situation, being real about what's happening. No, that's great. Um, All right, guys. So Jessica is the creator for PDX Black Unicorn. And I I actually got in contact with you from Mandana, creator of Ziba Hub. Mm -hmm. And I told uh, Mandana that I'm creating this podcast. And then once the Black Lives Matter movement happened again, and that's how I introduced myself. I'm like, all of the people I was going to interview we're going to be white because that's my bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, and (laughs) it's not right. I don't feel good to do that. And I don't want to do that because not all of Portland is white. So, um, so that's why I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, So what's interesting is um, now you're originally from Florida, Mm -hmm. right? You went to, what did you get your degree in? Uh, I got my degree in mechanical engineering. So I have a master's in mechanical engineering. Now, because you were telling me that you've been in Portland for seven years, but you came here because of a job at Intel. Is that right? Correct. How did you, how did you hear about Intel? Was this during school where you're like, oh yeah, I saw this company. I've heard they're really great to work with. Yeah, so uh, they came. Actually, there's an email that was sent to my school. It mm-hmm. sent out to all the students um, for applying to a position. And they ended up contacting me, but it was just kind of like a screening phone call. And then I later went to a conference and I was like, okay, the first company I'm going to speak to is Intel since, you know, That's they cool. called me. And then I kind of told them about what happened. And then I ended up getting an internship with them and then ended up getting offered full-time offer after that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed my internship. So I was down for coming back. When you did the internship, was it, because I've met some people from Intel, was the internship set up like you, you weren't going to stay here? Like you're only going to stay for a short amount of time and then go back to Florida? Pretty much. Uh, So the internship is like three months. So you you try to live it up that summer, um, do as much as you can, meet as many people and, you know, get as much experience as possible. Um, So, yeah, it it was a good experience. It was a a good summer. What area did you live in? Because Intel's in Hillsborough. Yeah, I ended up living in Hillsborough, like really close to Intel. Did you go to like downtown Portland a lot or check out oh, Portland? Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time, all the time, yeah. Did, is that, uh, did you like Portland? I mean, obviously you moved here. <laughs> yeah, I did like it because it was different and like Florida, it was way different than Florida. Um, I just like new experiences and it kind of introduced me to the outdoorsy life because mm-hmm. I've always been adventurous. But like in Florida, you get the beach and, you know, that's about it <laughs> here. You can go on hikes and see different that's cool. things. So, and know. the, well, one question that I have is, was it more diverse in Florida where you grew up than here oh. in Portland? Yes, for sure. What, what town did you grow up in Florida? Uh, I grew up in Tallahassee, actually a pretty small city, which is probably why I like Portland because a lot of people say Portland is a small city, mm-hmm. but to me, it's, it's way bigger than where I'm from. Oh, okay. um, 
but yeah, it's really diverse. Like my parents are from um, the Caribbean and there's a lot of Caribbean people in Florida. There's also a lot of Hispanics. So there's a lot of different, so many different worlds in Florida, like Central Florida mm-hmm. um, down, very diverse. Um, so did that impact you at all? Like the idea of moving to Portland, realizing that, you know, it'd be majority white? Yeah, I don't think I realized what it was going to feel like until actually moving here. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was actually spoiled in Florida oh. with how diverse it was. Um, Which that's a yeah. bummer to think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely spoiled. <laughs> um. Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say I like to... I'm not sure if this is true, but I feel like uh, the most diverse places in America is probably like New York and Florida. Yeah. As far as like many different races living in one spot. Yeah. Um, Which I was going to jump to that question. I'll ask a question about that later. Now you're over here, you're working at Intel. Mm -hmm. Um, When did you create PDX Black Unicorn? And I know we were having a conversation that for you, oh, and first of all, actually, let's just talk about what PDX Black Unicorn is. Okay. Yeah. So right now, and I guess I'll tell the story about how it kind of evolved into this later when you ask me another question, Mm -hmm. but right now, uh, PDX Black Unicorn is a black hair directory, Um, basically just a place for um, people to go on there and just find a list of um, black hair salons or salons that can do black hair. Um, so it's just essentially a list. And it's also for barbers, too. But That's mostly cool. women use it. And um, you're focused Portland area, but also Seattle, too, right? Portland. Haven't made it to Seattle working on that list. Um, but Washington, like Vancouver. Oh, um, cool. Mostly Vancouver. I think there's one person from Tacoma. Okay. But definitely when, trying to populate like the whole P and W area. Yeah. Um, now I know it's also a personal thing why you created PDX Black Unicorn. And that I I want to make sure if I if this is what I remember correctly. It, it does have to do with your wedding, right? Of you trying yes. to find a stylist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's Started off with me like struggling, trying to find a, a stylist for the wedding, my wedding. Um, I ended up finding one, but it was basically word of mouth. Um, like I would search online mm-hmm. and then I would choose a place and then it would be closed or, yeah. you know, it was just, it was just hard to find online. I was like, I wish I just had a list to mm-hmm. choose from. Just a and- simple list. And your hair, was it longer and you wanted it to be put up? Mm-hmm. It was okay. longer and I wanted it to be put up. So, yeah, it, it was difficult. I mean, luckily I found somebody that ended up, she's still my stylist now. And that's the one that, does she do your haircuts or your color? She does my haircuts. Okay. <laughs> and then you see somebody else that does your color, right? Yeah, I go to uh, Yanelli from oh, Pa's nice. Hair Lounge. Yeah. Okay. And who who styled your hair for your wedding? Um, Sequoia from Diamond in a Rough Hair. Okay, that's right. Um, which yeah. I actually want to contact her. I can't remember. Was she the one that had a little one just recently? Uh, no, no, no. 
that was Janelli and who else? There's a lot of people having babies right now. Yeah. But sure. <laughs> um, now, how long did it take you to have this uh, PDX Black Unicorn? How long did it take you to actually have it come into fruition? And I think you had created a YouTube channel first before creating the Instagram account, right? Mm, or did no, no. I, I think they all happened at the same time. Okay. Um, and, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Oh, and then <laughs> I know we were talking about how originally the PDX Black Unicorn was something else other than just a hair directory, right? Yeah, initially it ended up being kind of like this cluster from of things that I wish were easily accessible as a newcomer to Portland, like a mm-hmm. black newcomer or person of color. Um, so like I would put concerts on there just because I love concerts. And mm-hmm. there's a few concerts I would miss and I'd be like, I didn't even know it was happening. Like, yeah. come on, because you have to look at seven different uh, companies uh, to see what concerts are coming. And then, like, I had a little mini blog on there. Um, It was just, like, a whole bunch of stuff. But what happened is, like, through looking at the data, people really cared about that hair list. And I would get so many messages on Insta of people being like, yo, I love this list, you know. Or they'd ask me questions. Who who would be the best to go to for um, braids or faux locks or something like that That's really and uh cool. yeah found that people really liked the list and they didn't care about the other stuff when when was that when did you clear up the list and create it just as a hair directory um i think that was kind of the beginning of covid oh, okay having that time to actually think and just mm-hmm. be like this is what it is you know this is what people like let's just make it about hair have you um, gotten have you gotten more people finding you because of COVID? Of yeah, having- for sure. For and sure. then how about with Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I got a lot of ads from non-Black people, actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like maybe th- my numbers increased 300. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, how now you're in the Portland area. How how do people become, how do they get on the list? Like, how do you find these hair salons? Is there a certain criteria that each one goes through? And then do you even do like face, like, you know, either FaceTime or talking to them on the phone? Um, no criteria because I was like, I don't want to be a Yelp. I just want to like, my whole goal is, uh, I just want to increase the visibility. Like, even before uh, it ended up just being a hair thing, I would inter- interview, like, other small businesses. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to get the word out about them. Because okay. there's some businesses that are amazing and nobody knows because maybe they don't know how to post or promote themselves. Um, but I just simply wanted to increase the visibility and people can make that decision for mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. So initially, I was just kind of like, look online look on insta to find these hair salons or barbershops and now what i have on the page is like people can submit themselves oh that's cool how do they do that so there's a form um or there's a button at the top of the page that says stylist barber ad 
so you can add your services. And that's um, on Instagram. That's on the web page. Oh, okay, but the, cool. the link to my web page is on Insta. Oh, okay, um, great. Yeah, and also Zeba Hub helped also mm -hmm. grow the list as well. Do you um, talk? Do you talk to them personally, the owners of the salons? Um, I've spoken to a lot, but I can't say all. Yeah. Uh, like I've interviewed a few people when I first started and kind of like just kind of kept that relationship going. That's cool. Um, and then maybe communicate over social media. Mm -hmm. But I, I tried to uh, meet and talk. But now, obviously, because of COVID, um, I haven't been able to make any new newer content. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. And then how many salons now and barbershops do you have on your directory? Um, so there's 43 or 40-ish salons and then maybe 20 barbershops, maybe. That's pretty cool. There's also a list of beauty supply stores on there, too. Maybe like five or six. So that's like in living color mid k right mm -hmm. those are the two big ones that i know of yeah um and what areas are they covered like do you have people in hillsborough or mm -hmm. what's the farthest out of portland mm, vancouver salem salem oh, okay. too yeah but it'd be um, nice to like have it in a lot of other places too yeah and so you have Salem. Do you have anybody along the coast at all? Nobody on the coast. Okay. I don't even know if, if that's even, <laughs> if anyone's out there. <laughs> no, you know, I lived on the coast and Oregon coast, you guys, Oregon coast is very, very small. Places mm -hmm. closed down at six or seven at night. Exactly. And so I was only there for eight months going to beauty school. And then I was like, I forget this. I want to go back. <laughs> I feel like it's mostly people vacation. Yeah. 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 Um, and then so you have Vancouver. Now, do you get a lot of people? Obviously, you get a lot of people just messaging you needing help to find a stylist, right? Yeah, uh, which is now I'm working on a uh, search um, engine on my page where you can kind of just select like what kind of hair style you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And all the stylists or barbershops will pop up that will that can do that for you. Um, okay. But that's that's coming soon. Because okay. like over I think before COVID I and I had my web page down because I was editing it. I had so many questions about, you know, who do you think could do this? I'm like, man, I should just put that on the page so people can, you know, look through a list on their own. Do you have help with building the website and working on this or is it just primarily you? It's primarily me. And then I had someone working on the uh, search engine part, mm -hmm. but it's not working the way I wanted to. So um, I got to figure out why what's okay. up yeah now this is your full-time focus right because you're no longer working at intel yeah two months uh done with intel i i work on pdx black unicorn and then uh i have a social media management company called flat out social 
So that's where, yeah, that's where my money comes from. PDX Black Unicorn is more of a like passion project. I don't really get money from it. Flat out social, is it people can can hire you to help them with their social media? Is that right? Yeah. People can hire me to manage their social media and create content. And then um, it's also for other content creators to um, get put out there, I guess. Essentially a list for small businesses to choose. I actually might check that out. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm getting better at Instagram. At first I was just like, I fell off the wagon. I feel like I'm getting better. But you know why is because of COVID. COVID, People hadn't done their hair forever. (laughs) Their hair, I, you know, it's grown out, faded. And then you do these like amazing cuts and colors that Mm -hmm. I would do every six weeks anyways. But it just looks way more awesome because they've had right. to grow. Yeah. So actually, my page is looking pretty good right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So I'm like, you don't need help. No. <laughs> um, now, with this passion project, um, how far do you want it to go? Like, do you, like you said, you want to do the Pacific Northwest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to do other cities with uh you know low black populations um mainly because i feel like it gives a sense of community and you know as a newcomer moving to a city that's mostly white it might be kind of frustrating for a person of color trying Mm -hmm. to find these things and it just kind of adds to them not having a good experience um so i'd like to tackle the you know low black population places so when you're saying good experience, are you meaning good experience with going getting their hair done or just in general because it's still more of a white community? Um, in general and with yeah. getting their hair done. I don't want them to struggle or like, okay, I'm gonna try this person and then it ends up not being good. I so I'm not familiar with I have no education with your hair type. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to. Because it, it feels now like I I really love doing everything. Um, that's what I believe in is the yeah. different people that I get to meet. But I, I do want to check out your directory. So if I'm ever approached and I'm not comfortable with it, I can refer them to somebody. Um, yeah. But I know that there's some more online courses. And um, also, like, I tried to order a curly-haired mannequin and they were all mm-hmm. sold out. Oh, really? Yeah. During COVID? uh, Yeah. And because of Black Lives Matter, (laughs) um, people want to purchase mannequins more and stuff like that and work with textured hair, which actually that kind of jumps now to more of the personal questions. How do you describe your hair type? Um, I would say that kinky, curly, um, yeah, tight curls. Mine, mine's is mostly. I guess my type of hair would be forcey. I don't know if you know about the diva that. curl. Um, I guess that's what it is, but it's basically just kind of. Um, what do you want? How do I say this? It's like a meter of how curly your hair is. So my hair is really tightly curled, so it's a forcey, which is at the end. <sighs> Okay. Um, actually, I'm wondering if that's Diva Curl. I know my friend Janelle's been doing a lot of curly hair clients and she's been taking classes online. So I think I'll ask her 
when you were trying to find your stylist, did you talk her over the, for your wedding? Mm-hmm. Um, did you want your hair flat ironed and then put up or how did you have your hair styled? Yeah, flat iron. Um, it was important for me to find a natural hairstylist because I don't have I don't want to do a perm or, you know, I, I just have my natural hair. So, yeah, she flat ironed it and then put it up. Oh, OK. Would you care if I saw pictures? I was just going to say, I'll probably send you, send you a picture of it. Yeah. I think I have a picture now. Would you mind if I posted that on my Instagram when we do the thumbnail and stuff for the podcast? Okay. Cause I get, so for me is I always get worried when I do have somebody. Oh, cute. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) I'll send Uh, it to you. I, (laughs) I'm good at flat ironing. I Mm -hmm. get scared of, of uh, burning someone's scalp with the steam. I'm scared too when it. <laughs> so d- I'm yeah, scared did when that... I get flat ironed. So, so what it happens? Did did that happen when you got your hair done? Because she yeah. really smoothed it out. It happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But no matter what, I'm still like scared. Like yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. It's I know. I actually had a stylist or a client who was so upset that I didn't flat iron her hair correctly. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just not get it done. That was a special occasion. I'd never really get it done. I mean, I just got my hair cut. It grew out a lot during COVID. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just cut it just in case we get into another uh, lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's really Thanks. pretty. Thank you. What um now when you grew up because you were in a more diverse city in Florida, did your parents- well I will say Tallahassee wasn't as like oh, okay. I moved to Orlando, moved to Orlando for grad school and I grew up and went to undergrad in Tallahassee and Tallahassee is mostly like black and white. Um, oh okay, not as many Caribbean people. But I, I would say it's more, I feel like it was more like evenly black and white. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, did your parents ever tell you like, uh, like with her, like, how did you, well, first, sorry, I'm like tripping on my words. Um, when you were younger, how did your parents style your hair? Like, how did your mom style your hair? So actually, so my mom, she I had a perm at an early age, um, which I, I don't like that. I, I guess when I got old enough, I went back and just did natural hair. Um, but a lot of the times I would wear my hair in braids, like my aunt would braid my hair all, all the time. So I had like really cool hairstyles all the time just because my aunt knew how to braid really well. Was it mostly cornrows or is it the box braids? Um, it would be box braids, cornrows, there's all types of different styles. Oh, okay. Um, do I have any, maybe if I have some pictures, I can send it to you. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, did they ever, like your parents ever tell you, um, so when you are, when we are going to go look for a stylist for you to go to mm-hmm. a salon, maybe not all stylists will be educated with your hair. Did you ever have a conversation mm-hmm. like that? I I don't think so. Okay. I think it was just something that we just knew. Oh, okay. she didn't have to tell me. Yeah. Um, yeah. We never had that combo. Did I mean? And then oh, going back to the perm because your hair is so tight with the curls. Was the perm the purpose to make the curls bigger? 
No, to uh, so perms are for straightening for us. Yeah, straightening oh, okay. the hair. But it can also like damage your hair if you don't do um, if you don't take care of it properly because it I just see. basically dries your hair out. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't good for my hair. And was the perm set in like big rollers then to straighten it, or how was it? Set? No. Um, it actually comes in this uh, cream, basically. Okay. You put it on your hair, and then you have to leave it for, like, maybe 20, 15, 20 minutes, maybe less. Okay. I haven't done it in so long, I don't remember. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you leave it on, and then you rinse it out, and then your hair is straight for okay. an extended period of time. So, yeah. like, instead of flat ironing, which would probably last maybe – Two or three days for mm-hmm. me, like if, especially in Florida with the humidity, um, <laughs> it would end like that day. But like a perm, it'll last longer because yeah. you're chemically straightening your hair. Are your is your family still in Florida? Uh, some of my family is. Yeah. Okay. And what about? Did you have a specific stylist there in Florida? Uh, my aunt. Oh, cool. Yeah, my aunt does hair. So. Oh, nice. Is she still mm-hmm. doing hair? Yeah, she still does hair. Like she still does like my cousin's hair and yeah, you know, she's really, really good at it. That's really cool. Yeah. And then how long did it find you how long did it take you to find a colorist here? Uh not that long. I actually knew about Yanelli before. And uh, my husband actually met her and he's like, I think he was taking pictures somewhere and he's like, You should go to Yanelli. And um, I didn't really go to her until like two years after. And uh, this is the first time I got my hair dyed, period. It was the first time. What color so, did she dye it? What did I ch- I chose blue, like a dark, cool. dark blue. Because yeah. I was like, I'm not ready to be, you know, blonde or anything. Let's do something silent, but <laughs> you can still see in the, in the sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> so we did dark blue, and that was cool. And then I went back and then did like a dark purple or like oh, violet cool. yeah yeah that one was really cool um but was yeah your, she's cool I like her well your hair was still short when um because I think I've seen a picture with you with blue hair was your hair pretty short mm-hmm. okay yeah it was longer than this but uh it's still short if you could do any color right now like if you wanted to change your hair color what would you do man so when I got it cut off I still had like this copper blonde I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it blondish kind of color and before then it was like blonde violet kind of shade like when sun hit it it looked violet and then it looked light brown yeah, that's cool without the sun that was cool that's, that's probably really my cool. favorite you know? oh that's really sweet. <laughs> how long does it last for you like does it fade out or anything it fades out eventually but it lasted pretty long that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that copper brown lasted. I mean, I had it in my hair before COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like slowly growing out to where it was on the tips. Mm-hmm. Um, so that lasted a while. That That's pretty Three cool. months. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, now with the current events going on, and, and this is... So guys, this is really cool. Uh, I actually... I talked with Jessica beforehand and wrote her some questions. I wasn't expecting the show to be political, but because of what's going on and the events, I did ask Jessica permission if we could discuss topics, if she'd be okay with it. 
So going with this, do you, how do you feel about the black lives movement now? And do you feel that we are going to see a change? Okay. So uh, I feel like, so there's always been a black lives matter. Movement, right. Cause but, that was, yeah, that was a, a two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's always been stuff going on in the background, but I think because of COVID, um, the movement is so big and uh, powerful now because people actually had to pause for a little Mm -hmm. bit and, and take in what's really happened. Um, There's no time to be like, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, go to work or go out with my friends and forget about what I saw. It's like, no, we all have to be at home. And this is what we're seeing. And people finally started paying attention. Um, And I I think it's great that it's happening. Um, But I have to say, like, a part of me is unsure if real change is going to happen. Like, I have seen little things happen, change. um, What are the little things? Little things. Well, I would say this is a big thing. People speaking up, Mm non-Black people speaking up when they see something wrong instead of turning a blind eye and just being like, well, it's not my business, you know? Yeah. I don't believe it, but, you know, I don't want to get into it. And it's like, you know, when numbers are large of people saying this is wrong, we can all like conquer it together. That unity is real. And I think also the movement showed that our voices are powerful Mm -hmm. um, beyond like what people have seen before. Like we are really seeing our voices being heard. Um, it's taken a long time, for example, like Brianna Taylor's, um, those police still have not been arrested, but mm-hmm. we had to keep pressing on it. It does take time. Um, and then what was your second question? Do I think change is going to come? Okay. Yeah. So, so I always ask it uh, two, three questions at once. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was getting away from the, no, from the question. So I'm no, like, wait, wait, what's she I asking before I get slow into down. this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you feel like change is going to be made? And I guess the change, I would say, citywide and Portland, as well as, and if there's going to be change made international or nationally. I think there will be some change, but I'll say that I am worried that once things get back to normal, people will get preoccupied and they'll forget about this and move on with their lives. Cause I feel like part of me feels like, um, you know, like I've been to a few protests and part of me is like, are people out here loud and proud because um, they have absolutely nothing to do and they want to feel like, yeah, I did something today and they just need some kind of rush Mm -hmm. or, and then there's a part of me that knows that some people are being genuine about it. There are some people, who care and you can say that for anything mm-hmm. you know some people are real and some people aren't we can't just say you know just because this one white person feels this way all of them feel this way yeah. or black people or whoever um but specifically talking about blm like i just wonder and i hope that it stays the same like i've seen videos mm-hmm. and people speaking up on our behalf and i'm like this is what we need but it needs to keep happening you know yeah do you feel because I haven't gone to any protests and I'd like to I think I just get scared because I have two little ones um 
Do you? I don't think everyone like. There are many ways to show support. Everyone is not going to be out there protesting. If it's not for you, don't feel bad. It's not for you. (laughs) And mine is just having this conversation. Exactly. It is like everyone can contribute in their own way. You just have to figure out what that is. Do you feel this is an outside perspective? Do you feel that white voices are drowning out black voices at all or no? Um, I feel like they some unintentionally do it. Um, yes, because I feel like black voices should still be the ones speaking as, you know, this is the experience we're going to through. Um, and then we need white voices to help bolster that movement, you know, not take mm-hmm. over because that's why we're in this situation in the first place. Yeah. Um, like, for example, I know some of the so the protests in Portland, I'm laughing because of that one lady who was naked at the protest. And I was what just like, what does this that? have to do with anything? All right. So <laughs> Well, I so she's holding a sign and she's naked. Yeah, different posts. Like, are to you the marching police? for feminism or for Black Lives Matter? That's one way I think the message is getting lost in the sauce. I don't understand. You know, I read on it because I was like, maybe I'm missing something, but it was strange. And I know this is Portland, so I was like, Portland's gonna be Portland. But I'm just like this whole naked mom move, or I don't know what it was, naked woman movement. I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think she that got lost in translation. Yeah. <laughs> what are the protests? So there's, um, is it Rose City Justice? Rose City Justice, don't shoot pork PDX. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a few groups. Um, I'm not very knowledgeable. Okay. I kind of just follow on Insta. But, um, um, do you go with anybody with, for the protests? Like, does your husband go with you? Yeah, my husband, for sure. I don't That's think good. I would want to go alone. Yeah. And we went early on before, uh, you know, before the feds were there. <laughs> do you have any... Um, like for me, and you know, I do my research on my own too, but do you recommend somebody white reading books like The no. White Fragility or How to Talk About? I gotta say, I'm not much of a reader. Yeah. I'm not gonna pretend for the podcast. No, I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point. I read articles, but books, mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a heavy book reader. It's something okay. that I get into every once in a while and then I'll just get distracted. I, well, I don't know if you listened to episode five, um, Lori Eberly, she, she wrote the book fuckery. Lori, I'm mm-hmm. still reading your book. I'm still reading it. <laughs> I have it underlined <laughs> and notes. I have things highlighted. Yeah. I, I love the book. But I think it's been like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I have like 10,000 things on my I mind. Know. It's hard to be like, read a book. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I love the book too. So, um, but she has a really cool story also. But yeah, Lori, check I'm, it out. Yeah, Lori, I'm still reading your book. So don't worry. I will finish it. <laughs> um, I'm scared to look at the back page because back it's about bad habits. And there's a huge index of all bad oh, habits no. and behaviors that you could do. And I'm just like, fuck, I'm like a lot of these. <laughs> right. 
this is why I haven't finished this book. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now with the Black Lives Matter movement and the other topic I want to just discuss is with the election coming up, um, which I didn't even ask you. I just jumped to the conclusion that I don't know, like you were excited to have a woman be. <laughs> I should have asked you. I should have asked you. Oh, that you, question, huh? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, I just popped out that question when I wrote it. To you. Um, are you affiliated with any party? Um, no, but okay. I, I'm definitely not voting for Republicans this year. Okay. So you are going <laughs> to vote? Definitely not. Yes. Yeah, so you are going to vote for Democrat. Yeah, and how I feel about? I would love to see a, a VP uh, woman, but I hate when. And this happens in the in um, living in a black world too. I hate it when they're like, "Here, we're going to give it to a, a VP woman instead of just like, let's choose the best candidate." It kind of feels like they just given it I've away. I've heard that before. Yeah. I'm like, there all there are many women who are capable of holding that VP position without you having to say, "I'm going to choose a woman," or "I'm going to choose a black woman." Even worse. Which Biden didn't, but Biden didn't even say that he was going to choose a black woman, though, right? I don't think think he did. Did he? Okay, I feel like he did. I have to read up on that. I know for sure he said, "I'm for sure going to choose a woman," but yeah, um, women or black women are just as capable as any man. So I hate it when they do that. Um, You don't have to Uh, give us anything. No. Um, Does it matter to you if she's black or not? No, as long as she's capable of doing a job. I would love to see a black woman in that role, so don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah. Is, I, is, is there anybody that you actually really like? That Have you read any of the top women that could be considered? Is there anyone, a couple of them that you'd like to see as a VP? Um, I would like to see, I think Elizabeth Warren was pretty cool. Um, Kamala Harris. Um, I'm not sure if Stacey Abrams is on that list, but I liked her. And I feel like she got duped um, from uh, winning governor of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I feel like she really got cheated, but I feel like she might be good. I think I need to read a little bit more on Stacey. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, those are the three that kind of stand out to me. What about you? Um... I, well, I'm actually a Biden fan. It's like, I have to argue my point with people. Like I have, oh yeah. Yeah. It's not good enough that I'm actually voting Democrat and it's not good that I like him. You know, it's like, I have to defend me. I have to defend the fact that I'm voting for him because I want him to win. It's not because, well, he wasn't my first choice or anything, which I hear that so much. It's like, God damn it, you guys. He's, I feel like I'm not going to lie I feel like I'm voting for Biden because I really don't want Trump in there. And that's, that's, that's we have. true too. That's and all we have right now. We don't have a choice. Yeah. I've been listening to this podcast and the guy's fiery. I think the thing is, is it's, it's, I think the thing is, is it some people just not giving him a chance because they are like, all right, he's ne- I'm negative. I have negative feelings about him because I like somebody else. So I'm not even going to listen. Yeah. To what he has to say. And actually, he's pretty smart. You know, he's yeah. very, he's very fiery. 
Um, I am looking forward to having a woman VP and I feel that the VP always gets overshadowed. Like you never hear about the VP, but I feel right. like this time, um, I don't, I don't, I'm hoping it's not because she's a woman like, Oh, okay. She has to do a lot of stuff, but I'm hoping that the woman that, oh, he chooses, you know, it will be. Yeah. But I, but I'm hoping her intentions are like, I want to do stuff. Yeah, not that I have to, which I'm sure that will, you know, that's going to happen. Um, yeah, the first person to be like, you know, the first woman VP will have it tough. So she's yeah. going to have to show herself and do as much as possible, whoever it is. I haven't really read too much. I think I do like Kamala Harris because she's been in the political eye for so long. Um, yes, she has experience experience yeah she has that. experience i do like stacy abrams i listened to her on um a show it was on youtube i'll send it to you and the way that she holds herself like she's very professional and she's mm -hmm. very like chill like yeah like, like she's ready she's ready oh, yeah. <laughs> and she knows her stuff I cry so easily at stuff and I get so dramatic and defensive. It's like, holy shit. Like you see these women and it's like, God. I don't have what it takes. No. What no. It take? yeah. <laughs> so I do want to listen to her more and what she has to say. And what do you I think about Elizabeth. I like Elizabeth. Um, Not feeling her too much. I think it's because the age. Mm. I think it's the you know age. What? probably yeah I, I think what I liked about her the most uh like when she was running it's like she always had a plan oh yeah like a detailed yeah. plan yeah and I'm just She's... like every, she has a plan and then uh like everyone else is kind of like well we're still working on that I'm like, uh, you know I, has I, her stuff together <laughs> I do really like Biden but it would have been cool to see Elizabeth Warren as the candidate for sure um, you know, because she's fiery. I mean, the, the lady's fiery. She she has a desire to help others. She yeah. has a plan. Um, and I think she'd be easy to work with. You know, yeah. that's what I feel like. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not really sure with the VP. I feel like he's kind of hanging on, not saying anything. Maybe mm -hmm. because it's because the Republicans or maybe Trump that they don't know what to do with that. They're like, holy cow, he hasn't chose a VP. I can't slander them, you know? I yeah. Don't... Hmm. So. Yeah, I wonder why. I feel like it's taken him a very long time. I feel like normally they would have already had a VP running mate. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> <laughs> I am glad that we got to talk about a little bit of politics. <laughs> Whether or not I'll have people like, oh, I'm not going to listen to her anymore. Right. You know? <laughs> but it is, it is, I am glad to have a conversation with you. Um, I hope that PDX Black Unicorn gets out there more. Um, I hope yeah. maybe the show has helped. I know Madonna from Ziva Hub is mm -hmm. helpful too. And have you guys yeah. even like physically talked with each other over the phone or anything? Uh, over the phone, yeah. That's great. She's pretty cool. She was actually in the same uh, Pi cohort as me. Um, but I was working full time, so I was barely there. But uh, yeah, we gel pretty well together. So I look forward to meeting her. Yeah, she's really cool. In person. Uh, uh, do you, okay, question. Do you like wine? Um, I'm more of a rosé. I guess white wine is okay, but red wine is too much for me. Well, I'm trying to get <laughs> together with her to go wine tasting. I don't know if that's something you'd be interested in. Oh, yeah. There's rosé at wineries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll just like hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because one of the things that I was so looking forward to doing this podcast is I love meeting new people and I love going to have coffee with people. And I love, too. you me know, too. and it's like COVID happened. It's like, holy shit. I actually right. have to change the whole it's structure. Like people aren't going to feel comfortable meeting no. more too. So I'm like, okay, do I wait or do I try to see if they yeah. feel comfortable? Or- and that's, um, and I honestly, that's why I love doing the Zoom. And I honestly, and I love it when you're doing the Zoom meeting or you're doing something like this and I can see the person. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. And I feel like it has a little bit more intimacy than just a phone call or something. I agree. And that's also something that has changed for me with COVID. Like mm-hmm. I FaceTime people more because I want to see what, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, is there anything that you would like to, anything else you want to share about your company or about yourself and how can people reach you? Um, there was one question that you asked, um, on there that was, is PDX Black Unicorn only for black salon owners? Oh yeah. Um, and you said no. Yeah. I want to make sure that's okay. clear. Cause a lot of people see the PDX Black unicorn like oh my god it has to be black owned but not really it's just uh it doesn't have to be black owned um just can you do black hair it's just a list so there's a lot there's hispanic people on there asian people who can do black hair um anyone so if you fit into that category please go on there and uh you know submit your information so i can add you and what's what's the website Website is uh, pdxblackunicorn.com. Okay. And same thing for Insta, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Are you working on, because we were talking about working on the, are you still doing YouTube? Oh, sorry. I don't know. Sorry, if you yes. can... YouTube's on there too. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you guys, <laughs> like Jack's crying across the door. Oh, we're almost He's finished. Like, are you done we're, yet? Al- we're almost, I'm almost finished, Jack. <laughs> Hold on. it's like i don't care (laughs) you're my mom (laughs) so you said uh you're on youtube as well have you updated it or anything i'm on youtube so i I removed all my other videos and added it to my uh personal youtube okay um but the hair stylist uh interviews are still up there Um, nice but yeah, I, I would love to make some new content. I'm just kind of waiting for things to cool down. Okay, cool. To interview people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. My first interview. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not that famous. I want to be well known. We'll see. But like, yeah. no, I I think you'll this blow is- up and I'll blow up with you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping for with this interview that I can actually send it to some people in Portland just to spread more awareness about your company and how, like you were saying earlier, I don't go to protests, you know, but that doesn't mean that I'm not doing my part. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, so, I consider PDX and Black Unicorn to be my partner as yeah. well. So. Great. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show. So you guys, this is Jessica Vanterpool. And you can find her, her Instagram is at PDX Black Unicorn, her website, and then as well as her YouTube channel.
Yep. Thank and you. Then, Thanks for yeah, having me on. Yeah. And I'll contact you for the wine tasting. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> All right. Bye, Jessica. All right. Bye. Well, guys, there you have it. My interview with Jessica of PDX Black Unicorn. A couple of corrections that I would like to make. I know now how to say Kamala Harris, which, guys, I'm very stoked for her to be the VP running mate. And I'm really stoked for Biden. And the other correction I'd like to make is the different types of curly hair. 4A, 4B, 4C, what me and Jessica were talking about, was not created by Diva Curl, but by celebrity stylist Andre Walker. And Andre Walker has been Oprah Winfrey's personal stylist for the last 30 years. I really enjoyed talking with Jessica. When we finished the interview, I asked her how she liked it, and she said it was pretty good. I had sent her some questions beforehand. Two of the questions were, do you want to discuss Black Lives Matter and do you want to discuss politics? Going through all the questions, she did tell me she felt a little intimidated by them. And honestly, I felt intimidated to interview her. When I'm doing these interviews, I don't want to just talk about business or hair. I want to talk with the person and I want to get to know them. I realized that this is actually a great outlet for me because I know this might sound cheesy, but one of my love languages, which you guys is a great book, is quality time. These one-on-one -on -one conversations that I get to share with you fits in that category. I have the opportunity of getting to know, ask questions, and meeting via FaceTime and Zoom extremely talented and driven individuals. And these individuals make a positive impact in our beautiful community, Portland. And that's what's cool. So guys, if you're having struggles finding a stylist who can work with curly hair, or you are a stylist yourself who would like to be on Jessica's directory, please go to her website, www.pdxblackunicorn.com. Also, I've been listening to a ton of news podcasts, and if you'd like to know more about the lives of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, please listen to NPR's Up First episode. Well, guys, that's it for now. So be safe, be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. Please, be hopeful. <laughs> this is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, a.k.a. Portland Hairstylist. Show written by Emily Mazur, sponsored by Ziba Hub, a career app for beauty professionals where you can find jobs, explore events, and build community. And editing by 127 Media House.